The message that I have this morning, I truly believe, came from God. I was in my house all of a few days or so ago, and the presence of the Lord actually just came into my living room in a strong way. And uh, it was very nice to feel that presence. It was very nice to feel the wonderful, wonderful spirit of the Almighty. As he filled my house, I wasn't doing anything to deserve it or to have him come. He just came. And uh, as he came, and of course, when God's spirit begins to move on Brother Shermie, it's just myself, but things begin to break within me. That's just the way it does with me. I, I just somehow, when God's spirit comes upon me, I makes me humble and, and just cry before the Lord and love him. And, and as that was happening, as he came, two angels came down with him. And I saw the silhouettes of the angels. And then God began to impress this particular message for, uh, to me for you. And so this is a word from God to you this morning. So if you have your Bibles, if you turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, if you please, and verse number 1, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses, verse number 1. We will read from verse number 1 to verse number 7. Before we begin reading, turn to your neighbor and say, you look good this morning. Say, you're really looking good this morning. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thy handmaid had not anything in the house. Nothing in the house save a pot of all. Then he said, go bar the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, bar not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shall pour out into all the vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him, shut the door upon her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. The woman got excited. She wore a miracle. She did obey but when she saw the miracle happening, she got excited. So excited, she said, go get me some more. 
get me some more vessels. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. Now, when there's no more vessels, the all stayed. The all only comes, the anointing only comes when there are empty vessels. It's good to be full of the Holy Ghost. It's good to be full of the Holy Ghost. And that's a great thing. Because being filled with the Holy Ghost and the anointing keeps it moving. But when we're filled with other things, the all stops. Hallelujah. Then she came and told the man of God and said, go. And he said, go and sell the all and pay the debt. And live thou and thy children of the rest. You may be seated. I would like to bring your attention to verse number two. When Elijah just simply asks her, asks her, what's in your house? What's in your house? Turn to your neighbor, look at them with a serious face and say, what's in your house? What is in your house? The story in the scriptures that I've read to you this morning is a very familiar story to most of us. It is a true story of one of the greatest miracles ever performed by God through Elisha. It is a miracle that not only delivered, but also blessed a widow woman and her sons. It is a story that after thousands of years, it still brings faith and assurance to all of us that hear it. That God is a miracle God. He is a miracle working God. And that what he did for her still stands today. And he will do it for you and I. Somebody shout yes. yes. Clap your hands unto God. Because he is a miracle working God. But I'm not preaching, going to preach to you about the miracles of God. Nor am I going to preach to you about using what you have in your house. In which God can bless and meet your needs. I'm not going to preach, Pastor, this morning about outreach. About bringing souls, empty vessels, if you please. Bring them to the church so they can be filled. I'm not going to do that. But I am going to preach by the anointing of God. What's in your house? 
Let's look at the situation this morning, if you please. Let's look at what has taken place. Here is a woman, a widow, the wife of a prophet pastor. According to Josephus and some of the commentaries that I looked up, state that this woman was the wife of a prophet. And according to history, most likely she was the wife of the prophet Obadiah. Nevertheless, she is now a widow and is now left without the means or any means to support her. And her sons are to pay the debts that was left with her. Somebody say praise the Lord. She is now confronted with the creditor. And he is demanding payment. And if not, he is going to take her sons for payment. This was a terrible situation that she was in. Elisha comes on the scene and she begins to explain to him her dilemma. My my husband is dead. You know that he feared God. But now the creditor has come and is going to take my sons to become slaves. Elijah says to her, what's in your house? What's in your house? Not to be contrary to the way these scriptures are usually preached. But the prophet did not ask her, what's in your house that God can use? He simply said, what's in your house? And she said, I don't have anything in my house. But this pot of anointing. This pot of all, if you please. She did have something that God could use. And that was the all. The anointing. If you please. She had the spirit of God. And pastor would allow me to say it in her house. She says, I don't have nothing but a move of God. any money. I don't have any furniture. I have nothing in my house but God. (laughs) I have nothing in my house that can hinder me from getting the miracle that I need. God did bless her for what she had. But he also blessed her, blessed her for what she didn't have. Have you ever thought about what's in your house? You see, it's very important that you have the all. There's some things you ought to have, but it is just as important 
that you don't have some things in your house that can stop the miracle. You're quiet, but it's okay. I'm in the Holy Ghost. So have you ever thought what's in your house? I am personally considered to be a fanatic in many ways. I am considered to be crazy in many different ways. Some take me as a nut as a preacher. He's a crazy preacher. There's no telling what he's going to do or what he's going to say. He's just a little bit, no, he's just a whole lot of out the box. And I like to be out the box. I like to be where God's moving. But I'm also considered to be a neat freak, if you allow me to use that word. A crazy, fanatic person about being clean and neat. I'm a person uh, that when I own my, my home, uh, when I had a cement slab underneath my home, I was the person that used to get there and plug my vacuum cleaner and go and vacuum the two by eights that were under my home. I did not care for spider webs under my house. Now you're really looking at me like I'm crazy. And others thought, I'm just about like that now, except this home I own is not on the cement slab and I get full of mud to get the spider webs out. So must, uh, if I can get my little puppy to stand on the end of a pole as a dust mop. I might use her to take it out, but I wouldn't want to do that to her. So I, I'm considered like that. You come in my house and, and you may see Brother Sherry on his knees on the floor with a small brush and scrubbing the baseboards around the house. I'm that much of a fanatic. I'm the type of person that if I buy a car and it gets scratched, I just pout about it and I want to either burn it or sell it and get another one because there's a scratch. I am just that way. Access to share me. My buttons have to line up with my belt and has to line up with my zipper and my crease has to be in the front of my shoe, not on the side. I'm that way. God help me and you pray for me. Hallelujah. And there's a lot of things in my house that Sister Sherman can tell you if I don't use it, we don't use it, I'm going to throw it away. It's as simple as that. I don't have a lot of uh, uh, different storage sheds to store something that I've been having for 20 years. I haven't used it in 20 years. Get rid of the thing. Throw it away. Get rid of it. My wife, no, she's not that way. She keeps everything, every box, everything. We need this, we need that. Or, and if we don't need it, she's, I just like the thing. So she sticks it in the closet and uh, in a piled up in a box on top of the other box on top of the other box. And, and that just runs me crazy. She will keep clothes in her closet for years and says, I may lose those five pounds and get to wear that skirt. Throw the skirt away. You know, you bought it at TGNY 20 years ago. Get rid of the thing. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the way I am. If it doesn't benefit me, get rid of it. 
If it's not good for me, get rid of it. I, I don't need it. I don't want it. It's taking space for the good things I can put in it. Oh, come on now. You should have got that. You should have got that. I don't know why saints, I don't know why we keep things in our homes, in our spiritual homes that we should get rid of. Because it's just taking place. And we can't fill it with anointing and power and might and prayer and fasting if we fill with all kind of junk that's not beneficial to us or to revival or to our children. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you that way? Some of you are nodding your head. No, she's not that way. No, he's not that way. And maybe some of you are saying, thank God they're not that way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm just thinking, you know, if I'm sitting in my living room and I see a little bitty spider moving up the Somewhere, I'm after that dude. He ain't going, I'm going to kill that dude. He ain't going to make no web or nothing in my house. So what's in your house that is not spiritually beneficial? What's in your house that will keep you from receiving something from God? Is your house filled with the anointing or the presence of God? Or is it filled with other things? Galatians chapter 5 gives us a few things like adultery and fornication and uncleanness and lasciviousness and idolatry and witchcraft and hatreds and variance and emulations and wrath and strife and seditions and heritage and envy and murders and drunkards. Parties, games, sin of the world. Come out from among them. Be separate, said the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. And as your pastor just said, and such like, anything like that, of the which I tell you before, and I have told you in time past, that they that do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, when I was in the world, I was crazy. And I was a good sinner. And what I mean by good sinners, when I sinned, I did it well. If I want to lust, I really lust. When I did drugs, now you can push me aside if you want to. Maybe you know some of you characters out there, you never did that and you're looking at me. Why are we letting that dude behind the pulpit? Let me tell you something. That dude behind the pulpit was a sinner. Now he's full of the Holy Ghost and preaching the gospel. And I tell you another thing. If you're going to win souls, 
You better not try to try to make souls meet up to your own criteria. In other words, if I want, I want that sinner, he can come, but that one can't come. That one can come, but she, no, she can't come because I, I don't, she doesn't meet my criteria. She won't be a blessing there. He won't be a blessing to the church. Let me tell you, this church was, was put on here for everybody. I don't care if they bless your church or they don't bless your church. I don't care if they got money or don't have money. I don't care what color they are, how they speak or don't speak. It's for everybody, everybody, everybody. Whosoever will, let them come. Don't you stop them because they don't meet your criteria. Well, I don't know. Hogwash. Hogwash. If that's our attitude, they're better off than you or us. Maybe I shouldn't have got into that. But I tell you what. I was a good sinner. When I drank, I drank. I made sure I drank until I got drunk. I remember one weekend, I started on a Friday, and by the time I got to Sunday, I drank myself sober. Now you say, why are you saying all that? That's all I can say. That's what I was. I'm sorry. You have a different testimony. Some of you said, I was raised in this and never did that. Praise God. Praise God. And I'm glad for you. But I tell you what. I tell you what. Now, I'm not talking about you guys or whatever. But I've been in churches that they've been raised in this stuff. And I tell you what. They've been raised and they never smoked, never drank, never cursed, never swore, according to them. Never lust and everything like that. Hallelujah. But they sit down on a pew and don't move, don't worship, don't praise God. Hallelujah. Because I was born holy, I'm holy, and I'm going to stay holy. And I'm telling you, let me tell you, if that's the way you are, I'm glad that I was a drunkard. I'm glad that I was a dopehead. I'm glad that I was a luster. Why, Brother Shirley? Because I know what he's done for me, and there's a worship in my heart. There's a praise in my heart. I can't stop praising God. I can't stop loving God. For what he did for me, Rabbi Shataya And if you were raised in here, you ought to be praising God more than me. What's in your house? Self-righteousness. Stubbornness. You know, we want souls to come in. Do you want them to do what you do? Or do you want them to do what you want them to do? We can't expect a, a visitor... There's a sinner to worship and praise and snot in the front, and we don't do it ourselves. Huh? Oh, let me say it this way. If they come in and act like you, will they receive their miracle? It's quiet. It's my last day. I should have started this way from the beginning, maybe. You understand? We got to get, wow, there's a revival in this church. 
and they're looking to you. And they know about you already. So when they come into a church, into this church, and they know that you are holy rollers and you're not rolling, and they know that you are praising worshipers and you're not praising and worshiping, you are confusing the sinner. So I am crazy. So what? So I'm a little bit, uh, I don't know all these big words that you guys, I just go back to crazy. So what? I don't care. Well, you saw the big fat preacher earlier? Our brother Ken and everybody was, he's up in the front, putting his hands all over, raising it up, swinging that goofy tie like an idiot. Why are you doing that, fat preacher? Because I know he's awesome. He's awesome. And when they sang a song about him being awesome, I've got to lift my hands up. I've got to move my feet. I've got to do something. To let the visitor know that I've got something. Well, I'm really taking too much time on this. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take that much time. Where's my, I done lost my, my towel. What did I do? I threw it on you or something? Because you know, I'm allowed to do that and I don't mean to. To do anything wrong. Aren't you glad for your pastor? Huh? Aren't you glad for sister pastor? Wonderful, wonderful people. So what's in your house? You know what's strange now? I came up with what they call today the old way. Which I thought was the only way. But to me, some people think it's different. You guys okay up here? Y'all all pray through and all? Everything? All right. So we can't have corner singers. Beautiful outward. And then, no, go on, I'm picking with them. Now they get the guy out of here. But I came up the old way. You know, I, I was like a set of sinner. And I came out of the 70s. So I like rock and roll. Oh, yeah, all types. From Alice Cooper, for him singing, Go to Hell. That's a, you're looking at me like I said something. Curtain, some of you say that in your home. Don't tell me you don't. <laughs> yeah, look at you. Yeah, yeah. You want to get, yeah, let's get it. And so he, he sings that song. He sang a bunch of songs, Killer and, and all these other songs, and Rod Stewart and uh, ZZ Top, Queen, We Are the Champions, a bunch of singing We Are the Champions, Rod Stewart, uh, Tonight's the Night. You in the 70s would know, the other ones that don't know. And all of you that were born in this, I'm sure you don't know. But that's where I came out from. 
Another one bites the dust. I've been in services and camp meetings where we had to lock the doors so the young people would not leave. They were rushing the doors. Their eyes were flipping. Girls were t- speaking with men's voices filled with demons because of rock and roll music and hard rock. Stevie Nicks, ZZ Top, like I said, Journey, Foreigner, ACDC, been there, done that, can get demon-possessed instantly. Been there, done that, was there. Sang the songs, jumped up and down like a nut, smoking so much drugs, taking all kinds of drugs. I'm in the will of God here, just bear with me. That's where I was. And then I was country and western. Oh, my. Oh, Hank, where? Oh, did I dance the two steps and everything else and jitterbug and did it all. Mashed potato, everything you want. Been there, done that. You haven't. I did it. Did the twist with Chubby Checker. Uh, y'all getting quiet. Either you're getting convicted or you're hating me. Either one. And it's my last day. It doesn't matter. Did that. Went to dances with my mom and dad. Danced all night. Huh? Percy Slayer. When a man loves a woman. I got more knowledge from you now than he did when he was preaching about or singing about how awesome he was. I got more movement now than a while ago. Been there, pastor. Done it. I hope I'm not doing anything wrong to you. Been there. I've done it. I've seen it. I took drugs. I did it all. Let me tell you something. Don't let rock and roll. Don't let country and western. Don't let that junk come into children. Don't let the creditor. Don't let the devil come into your children and rob them and then leave here being possessed with devils. But they need an example. They need a mom and dad to stand up and say, no, no. What's in your house? And so I did it all, and I'm going to stop because some of you are really getting scared of me. I'm going to tell you this part. I used to like to steal. Thief. I enjoyed it. I wanted to be a good thief. None of you done that. That's good. I'm glad, but I believe you didn't do that, but I used to like that. I used to steal from stores just to see if I could get it. Get, you know, just to do it, the, the excitement of it. I, I'd buy bags of things, a bag, and feel, I remember one time this drugstore, I bought a bag, and I filled it up with a camera stuff, hundreds of dollars with a camera stuff. Went there to the counter, knowing that she could just open it up and say, you're stealing, just to see if I'd get caught. Now, is that a nut? And if I was that nuts for the devil, why do you think I'm acting good like this for God? I used to do that. I went in a place, went and went in a safe, opened the safe, stole $18,000, and then went back to put it in. You people don't get moved for nothing. I thought that was pretty good. I took it and went bring it back without getting caught. <laughs> oh, my. Sister, help me. Am I doing bad? Huh? I was bad? 
I'm try, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make everybody say, you bad, you bad thing. And look what God did for me. What I'm saying, what are you saying all that, Brother Jeremy? It's because I repented of that. I told God, I don't want to be like that. Don't want to live like that. Don't want to hear that. If I read a book, I want to read about you. If I hear a song, I want to hear it about you. If I see something, I want to see it about you. I don't want pornography. I don't want drugs. I don't want the world. I don't want to act like it. I want to love you more than I love sports, more than I love hunting, fishing, or anything out there. I don't want to put anything in front of you. And I'm asking you, what's in your house? And I'm watching saints of God pick up the very things in the last days that I repented of. That's it. <laughs> Some people can't get the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because there's nothing to put the Holy Ghost in. What do you mean that, Brother Sherman? It's because they're filled with everything else. And you can't get filled until you empty yourself. Until you're honest with yourself. Until you take everything out. Until you're honest with God. You know that's one thing that we're losing, we're losing in Pentecost today. That's honesty before God. We're always trying to manipulate, try to go around to do whatever. It's like he doesn't see. He sees everything, hears everything, knows everything. She said, I don't have anything but the anointing. He said, what do you have? She said, nothing but God. Nothing but a prayer life. A life after God. The only thing I seek is God. The only thing I love is God. I love God more than my sons. I love God more than anything else. I love God more than anything. He said, okay. I can use that. You don't have anything to hinder me. And you've got something I can use. We've been in revival for what? Three months or so? What's in your house? God has wonderfully, beautifully extended his mercy on this church. You're not a bad church. Don't misunderstand me. But something's taking place. And you feel with everything else but that anointing. You see, it puzzles me with people. When they say they pray every day and they pray through every day. And they're in the presence of God every day. And yet there's no hunger for souls. A sister, it blows my mind. Because when I get connected with God, first thing that happens to me, I get humble, crushed, just, just yield myself to God. And after I have repented and humble and loved him, the second thing that happens to me is I get this love, this unbelievable love of trying to reach a soul. 
And how people and saints can say, I got the Holy Ghost and I prayed through and I'm, I'm ready to meet God and don't have no ambition to reach out. Unless it's reaching out to myself and my own. being too hard I remember two angels came in my living room and the presence of God when he gave me this message so I don't fear today you're wonderful people but to get people in you've got to want to reach for them besides just ourselves and when you do, you've got to let this man be in charge. What are you saying? He's not in charge. Oh, no, he, this guy, I love him. He's got it. But you, in no way, none of you need to ever hinder his decisions to go do the will of God. This man is motivated. This woman, this lady is motivated. You can see revivers stirring up in their souls and their eyes. You can see it in them. You can feel it that he's rising up. I want it more than anything else in the world. But he's at the place of when we stop today, what are they going to do? Or what would they say to me? And if he gets up behind there and he's still motivated and he starts acting crazy like me, don't hate him. You think I'm nuts, but I'm in the Holy Ghost. And don't try to use your pool to, to somehow manipulate him or to make him, let him choose to do this church needs an outreach. This church needs a discipleship. This church needs some things to reach the lost, not just ourselves. Get empty from everything out there. I went over. Don't try to rule. Let God rule the church. And let this pastor do his job. People, I'm in the Holy Ghost. And I believe conviction is trying to set in. I'm not being ugly. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you and bring you to that other level. You empty yourself out of everything else. God is able to come in and move in the Holy Ghost. What's in your house? Let's stand. Still got some more, but I don't want you to think that I got your neck to the floor with my with my heel on it. How many of you want revival?
That's good. Because I believe I've got something. I'm not, I am not saying it's finished. I am not saying it's ended. I'm not saying it'll never happen. But I am going to say this. And you know. Remember I called you the other day? Was the Holy Ghost on the phone? Was that the Holy Ghost or what? Now I know it was crazy sharing me on the other end. But was the Holy Ghost there? Could you feel the Holy Ghost there? It'll happen with the seven or eight. Pastor, I'm telling you what to do. Please. I, I'm humble before you. I'm a nobody. You're my, I love you. I, but if you've got seven or eight that want to do it, let them do it. If you've got seven or eight of them that want to act a little, act a little foolish, let them if there's seven or eight of them that want to jump up and down in the service, let them. If they want to run, let them run. If they want to roll, let them roll. If they want to have outreach, let them go get it. Let them do it. And if they come to you and say, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I'd like to teach a Bible study or give a, a new convert, I can't let, them do, let them do it. Remember I told you, and this is no, no ugliness. Remember I said, God said some things, and it works by faith. If you as a whole says, no, everything I said will not come to pass, and you can go home and say, he's a false prophet. I'm not. Because Israel was supposed to cross over, but it took them 40 years. And God's the one that promised, and God's not a liar. You know, if you, that's fine. If you don't want it, it won't happen. But if you do, there'll be a wave that comes and floods over. Floods over the doubt. Floods over the control. Floods over everything. And you'll see this church filled with people and backsliders. I want to say this, and I feel this in my spirit. There are backsliders that are wanting to come, that would love to come, but they're not coming. Please don't miss something. Please, you cut me. But they're not coming. You know why? Because they see no difference from them out there and some of you in here. The only thing is location. And a backslider wants to see dad wants to see the unknowing and the power. Do you believe me now if I tell you there are angels? Oh, God, help me. There are angels that just flood this building. There are angels right now. you Come to me, not that I'm anything, but come in the front, not just to come with, with, 
in their soul and say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I'm backslid. I, I need God. Take the things that are not of God out of my life. Hey, visitor friend, I wasn't here to say anything ugly to you, but I tell you what, this world will kill you. It will destroy you. There's nothing good out there. The only thing that's good is God. Can I have some soft music, please? What's in your house? I went over 10 minutes, but we got 20, 20 minutes to 11 before we all decide to go eat. Can we have 20 minutes with God? If you're praying like you say you pray, and you pray through like you say you pray through, then it shouldn't take long for you to get a hold of God right now. It shouldn't take 20 minutes. Just a couple of words, just a couple of sentences ought to bring you back in the spirit.